one book, a few chapters, and hundreds of pages have led us to this. Adventure, romance, the thrill of a lifetime, a thousand lives that we get to explore. Join me. Hello, 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 family. I am so happy to be back on By Ashley Danny podcast. That is me. Ashley Danny, and it has been a long summer, but I'm excited to be back this fall. Uh, So this is the first episode of season four of the podcast, and I just can't wait to catch up with y'all. I have some things to let you know about that went on this summer. I have an amazing book to go over with you that I just finished reading, and then I'm going to let you know what's happening for season four because I have a lot planned for you over the next couple months. So let's dive in. (laughs) Okay. Uh, First, I'm going to let you know what's going on with season four. So it is still all about reading and writing and all the things. I'm going to put a little bit of my own personal stuff going on in here as well to let you know about the journey I'm going on. Um, But season four, I'm going to break up a little bit because I've realized, if you have not realized, I am really bad at doing consistently every week for long periods of time. I do great for about two months or three months and then I fall apart or you just I ghost you and you have no clue where I went, Uh, just like I did at the end of season three with my summer update. So I am breaking up season four. Um, October and November will be part one of season four. October, we're going through a trilogy called The Hollow. This is going back, back about, oh gosh, 13 years back to 2010 uh, is when the first book came out, I believe. If I remember correctly, yes, 2010. And uh, I'm going to give you a review on these because I read these back in 2010, but I don't remember much about them. I just remember at the time I loved them and I wanted to reread them as a 30 year old, 30 something year old and uh, see if I still loved them. So we're going to go through each book each week. So this week is The Hollow, next week is The Haunted, and the third week is The Hidden. And then the very last week of October is going to be one of the Haunted Mansion novels. I think it's volume two um, that you can purchase at Magic Kingdom in the Madame Leota shop next to the Haunted Mansion. You could probably purchase it other places, but that is where I got my copy. Um, You could probably get it online and all the things. So that is October. November, we are doing National Writing Month. I am, I have done this every year. I start off strong and then I just fall apart. And I am determined this year to not fall apart on my goal. I have put aside video games. I have put aside TV like when I'm by myself and I am just dedicating myself to reading for the month of October and to writing in the whole month of November. And I'll probably do some prep in October for my writing because I'm a prepper. Uh, So that is kind of season four. December, we're going to take a break. December is a very busy month for me. I have multiple family things going on. Plus with my boyfriend, we have his family things as well. And then I will be back in uh, January is the plan for part two of season four, which will go January, February and March, maybe April. Depends on some personal things. If I have time to do it or not, um, we shall see as we get closer. But I'm super excited to 
jump into everything with you guys. So before we get into The Hollow, which is by Jessica Vierde, by the way, if you have never heard of this uh, book before. Um, but before we get there, I want to give you catch you up on a couple things going on in my life. It is football season. I love football, um, not as much as my boyfriend, uh, but I love that we both love it so we can watch it together and participate in fantasy football together. And I am doing it again. Last year, I told you I was doing fantasy football with them and I was horrible. I think I ended up ninth in the league. Um, I did not do well. This year, I am doing so much better. I think I'm standing at the fourth place in the league right now. Um, I have some great players right now, the Miami Dolphins. I have um, Hill and uh, Tua. Uh, which is a quarterback wide receiver duo if you don't watch football and they are doing amazing for me so I'm super excited about how I am doing in fantasy right now I'm actually going against my boyfriend this week and I'm projected to win so we'll just we'll see we'll see what happens because both of us are two and one so this one will kind of break us up to see who is going to keep moving forward I don't want to keep on that too long because you might not like football and I don't want to lose you so that's my fantasy football update um, I am a Colts fan and we are rebuilding, and I'm excited for Anthony Richardson, but I just, I am a realistic Colts fan, and I know we're not going to do the greatest this year, especially with the drama with Jonathan Taylor, so I'm just enjoying my fantasy football team and enjoying the season this year by just watching everyone and kind of picking and choosing teams that I really want to root for this year, uh, one of them being uh, the Dolphins, the other one being the 49ers. Um of course, the Colts and uh, the Lions. If you guys are around the Michigan area and are Lions fans, oh my gosh, I love the Lions right now. They beat the Chiefs the very first night, um, which I always believe the Super Bowl team really needs to be put in their place, unless it's my team. But the Chiefs aren't my team. Um, so I felt like they kind of needed to be put in their place. Um so the, the Lions did that, and it was glorious and beautiful. And my dad's a huge Lions fan, so it's really cool to see his excitement with how they are doing this year because they are doing really well, well, more well than they've ever done before. So good on Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and um, Montgomery and all the other team members of the Lions because you guys are rocking it. I'm really enjoying watching you. Not that you're ever going to hear this, but I'm excited. That's my football update because I love football during the fall. Um, the next thing is I have had to go on a health journey. So I am one of those millennials. Ugh, I hate admitting I'm a millennial, but I am one of those millennials that because of jobs or money, health insurance has been kind of here and there for me over the years. Sometimes I have it, sometimes I don't. It just kind of depends on what's going on with my finances. Well, because I'm finally and have been for the past two years in a very secure spot with my finances and my job, um, I have health insurance and it's not COVID anymore. So it's a lot easier to get into uh, into a doctor's appointment because when I did, actually I did have health insurance very consistently during COVID, but no one was really taking no appointments. Uh, so I finally went into the doctor uh, in August. Uh, had to go to the doctor in August. Went again in September. 
got poked, prodded on both accounts, um, found out the week after my second doctor's appointment that I am uh, pre-diabetic, so it's not full type 2, but I am on the verge of it. It's a genetics thing. If you know nothing about type 2 diabetes, it has a lot of different factors, uh, weight, genetics, uh, the type of food you eat, all these different things um, go into it. So uh, when I got that diagnosis, I did a... 180 on my life change. I have not eaten fast food in a month. I have not eaten starch in a month. I am whole wheats and grains and vegetables and protein and fruits and exercising. I've been going to the gym three or four times a week, uh, which I got to go after I record this. Um, And I've already lost 12 pounds in three weeks, which is the most I think in my lifetime I have lost within a short period of time. So I'm extremely excited for that and and getting myself healthy so that way I can continue to live and and not have to worry about like insulin and medication and all that that stuff. I'm trying to do this without medication. So if any of you out there listening to this uh, have type 2 diabetes or maybe even type 1 or are pre-diabetic, I know a little bit of your pain on the food side of it. I don't know the insulin and the medications and the injections, but I understand the other side. And I am praying for you. And you guys are rock stars for the ones who are really trying to continue to live normally and, and um and, and take care of it well. Uh, so so good on you. And and the ones who are struggling, I, I'm I'm praying for you. You guys are um, someone who are in my thoughts now as as I'm going through this journey to make sure that I stay healthy um, for my family um, and for my loved ones. So that's that kind of happened in the past month. Um, so it's it's it didn't happen at the beginning of the summer, but now I understand why some of the things that have been happening to me, I've all, I've been really tired. I just have had no motivation. I don't want to do anything. I thought maybe it was mental health, which a little bit was. I did get on some medication for mental for a mental health part of my life, which is is again no big deal. Um, mental health is something we all need to take care of, and and that's something I'm finally doing instead of uh, trying to deal with it on my own. But it wasn't that. It was literally this pre diabetic where. I was having all the symptoms, but I didn't realize that's what the symptoms were for. So I'm actually having a lot more energy now. I feel like I'm motivated. I feel like I want to achieve things. I want to continue. I want to complete things. So it's really good. So if you haven't went to the doctor like in years, you need to go like just go. I didn't go to the doctor, especially like I'm a woman. So like I have to go to the female doctor. I'm supposed to every year or every so many years. I haven't done that since my early 20s um and I finally went and now that I've gotten poked and prodded and tested and scraped and all the things I have found out I'm good on everything the only thing I'm dealing with is the pre-diabetics and and I got very lucky um but now like that weight is off my shoulder so if you are um, someone who is like me who hasn't been to the doctor in a while because either you're scared, you're you're scared of what could come up, you're you're nervous about your health, or you just you just don't want to take the time. Trust me, you need to take the time. Take care of yourself. Like start as early as possible because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, I also work in insurance as my day job, and I sell a lot of life insurance. That's what I do um, for my living, and 
as someone who sells life insurance, I know the risks. I know what can happen in a blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, you're not qualified for life insurance anymore. And I think that was why I was scared to go to the doctor myself, because I'm like, I don't want to not qualify, because if I don't go to the doctor, there's no I've never been asked for like blood samples or anything like that. So it was it was one of those like give or take things. So don't wait, uh, because if you don't catch it, you're not going to you're just not going to know and you're not going to be able to take care of it. And just a, just a little plug, if you don't have life insurance, find your insurance agent. If you have, um, I know State Farm, I think Allstate, I don't know. I don't know what other insurance agencies with auto and home do life insurance, but I know State Farm does. I know there's Prudential. I know there's, um, oh gosh, uh, Thrivent, some other Probably other states have other companies, but uh, find your local person and get your life insurance in place, too, because, again, any your health can change at any point. I didn't mean to go on a life insurance rant, but September was Life Insurance Awareness Month, and that is what I do for a living, so I had to plug it in there. If you live in Indiana, uh, just search Chandra Snyder State Farm and call and ask for me, Ashley, and I will um, help you get your life insurance. Actually, Indiana, Ohio, or Michigan. I can help any of you. So yeah. So self-harmless plug. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's been kind of my journey this summer of, of my health journey and trying to figure that all out. And it's figured out and we're working on it. So I will keep updating you. Um, my goal right now is to lose about 50 pounds. I've already left 12. So I am um, 38 pounds left for what I need to lose. Uh, and and it's and it's it's going well so far. I haven't hit that wall yet. I'm waiting for that wall to hit. Like I know it's going to happen at some point. Um but I'm, I'm just going to keep pushing forward and, and keep going. So if any of you are in that journey as well, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to connect with you because it is a hard journey. It's not easy to do on your own. So, yeah. Uh, bef- I think the blah. Um, so that's my catch up. That's what season four is going to be kind of all wrapped up into one. Um, before we get into the main crux of the podcast, which is talking about the hollow, uh, let's hear a commercial from, well, our sponsor or another podcast, something in the limitless family. Check it out. Hey, it's Robert from Limitless Broadcasting, reminding you to tune in to Limitless Broadcasting Network anywhere you get your podcasts, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Check us out today. Yes, yes, yes. Check out Limitless Limitless Broadcasting. Uh, And they have a couple new podcasts uh, since I think I was on last. They have uh, You Can't Kill the Boogeyman. I can't remember if it was on. Uh, last season. Uh, it's a horror movie podcast, so go check that out. And they also have um, uh, Robbie Reviews, which is uh, Robbie, my uh, boss of the Limitless Broadcasting, uh, reviewing movies that he likes. And I think there's another podcast called Partner Complex, where he and his friend um, talk about um duos in movies so a couple different new ones for you to check out and then of course always go to pixie dust twins podcast that is my podcast with uh, my best friend samantha who is also robbie's wife um she and i have been doing the podcast for about three almost three and a half years now uh and it's been a lot of fun so go check those out okay 
it is time. It is time to talk about uh, The Hollow, which is, again, a 2010 book. So some of you might be like, Ashley, why are we why are we doing this? I'm like, well, number one, I'm a millennial and I like to be nostalgic. And this is a nostalgic book for me uh, called The Hollow. And I think that everyone should at least read it once, um, whether you like it or not. It is good, in my opinion, to an extent. I remember raving about this book when it first came out. Now I have after reading it again, I'm like, OK, there are a couple of things that I'm like, I don't know if I really agree with. Um, so we'll we'll get to that part. I'm going to leave the likes and dislikes for the end. But I'm going to read you the summary on the back of the book. It says, when Abby's best friend, Kristen, vanishes at the bridge near Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Oh, yes, this takes place in Sleepy Hollow, uh, New York, um, with inspirations from the legend of Sleepy Hollow. It isn't like a apples to apples, like apples to apples, um, old school to modern remake. It is just has elements from Sleepy Hollow, the legend of Sleepy Hollow in the book. Okay, Uh, bridge near Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Everyone else is all too quick to accept that Kristen is dead and rumors fly that her death was no accident. (coughs) Abby Abby goes through the motions of mourning her best friend, but privately. She refuses to believe Kristen is really gone. Then she meets Caspian, the gorgeous and mysterious boy who shows up out of nowhere at Kristen's funeral and keeps reappearing in Abby's life. Caspian clearly has secrets of his own, but he's the only person who makes Abby feel normal again, but also special. Just when Abby starts to feel that she might survive all of this, she learns a secret that makes her question everything she thought she knew about her best friend. How could Kristen have kept silent about so much? As Abby struggles to understand Kristen's betrayal, she uncovers a frightening truth that nearly unravels her, one that will challenge her emerging love for Caspian as well as her own sanity. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, So like I said, uh, written by Jessica Vierde, published in 2010, and it has uh, two sequels, so it's a trilogy. Uh, the second one is called The Haunted, which we'll talk about next week. And the third one is called The Hidden, which we will talk about in week three. So characters in this book, um, of course, Abby, who is the main character, she is an eclectic personality Her favorite thing to do is make perfumes like this is her big thing. Um, I love this about this book because Jessica really makes it feel like one of those small town vibes and she describes things so elegantly, Uh, especially when Abby goes into this perfume shop to get like ingredients and bottles and and different things just how Jessica describes it you really do feel like you're getting pulled into this story and pulled into the uh, store itself Um, it almost feels fantasy like like there is a very fantastical feeling to how she writes some of these things so I really I really do like it I'm gonna try not to um give away the ending or give away anything in this first episode because I want you to read it before we do the hit or the haunted next week because I have no choice but to spoil it next week when we go into the haunted so I'll try to not spoil it this week um 
so Abby, Abby's just, she's, she's a fun character. She's going through a lot. She lost her best friend since they were in elementary school. I can't even imagine losing Samantha. Like Samantha on the Pixie Dust Twins, we have been best friends since forever. It feels like since sixth grade. Um, and to lose a best friend, uh, would just be devastating. Like I remember starting to read this again. I'm like, oh my gosh, I oh, oh, I can't do. It. I wouldn't be able to do it. I I wouldn't be able to survive if something happened to uh, Samantha. And I, I have a couple other girlfriends that I'm like, if something happened to one of them, um, I have another great girlfriend named Holly from college. We've known each other for like 16 years. I would fall apart there too, and uh, some other people. But um, my my best friend Samantha came to mind when I was reading this book. Uh, so Abby's going through a lot. Um, and she really does react as a teenager back in 2010 would react. So when you read this book, you really need to put yourself in the mindset of this is 2010. So if you grew up during this time, it will be no problem for you to put your mindset there. But if you are a later person, if you are a teenager right now or early 20s, you're not going to understand why she reacts the way she reacts in some of these things. Um, but you got to remember context, context, context of the time period. It's very much written as if this was the early 2000s um, going through this. Uh, so just just remember that. Second character, I mean, there's Kristen, but we don't know much about her. We do find out about a secret of hers. Um I don't want to give it away, but then I, I you don't know who it is. So I, I don't mind giving the secret away, but it's not really the secret secret. Uh, Abby learns throughout this that her best friend had kept a secret from her uh, for months on end. And it was a boy. And um, it talks about things that they did that she hasn't told Abby. Now, nowadays, we can talk about sex in books for our young adults and it's no problem. It's like. The words no big deal. But back in 2010, you really didn't do that. So it's very much innuendos and kind of like beating around the bush of of what happened between Kristen and this boy um, who is yet to be named even at, by the end of this first book. Um, so it, it, it's a hard secret that Abby now has to to take in and figure out. So she lost her best friend. She finds out this big secret. She has no clue who this boy is because he was apparently very controlling, in my opinion, um, not wanting Kristen to tell Abby about anything. It's just it's it's ridiculous. But that's the most about Kristen I'm going to get into. Uh, and then there is Caspian. Caspian is the love interest in this book. He is this mysterious boy, platinum blonde hair with a black streak in front of his face. Um, like one like one section of hair is just black. And he he really reminds me of the typical goth pretty boy that we really loved back in the 2000s, thinking of like, you know, Green Day and, and um, not nowadays Green Day, like, the 2000s Green Day and Good Charlotte and um, uh, maybe a little bit of Linkin Park, um, like that emo punk rock genre. He reminds me of that. Um, and he reminded me of that when I when I read it back in college. Um, but he I read it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely the emo boy that I remember. Um, I'm going to take a drink here. Hold on. Okay, sorry. A lot of talking needs some water. Um, so he is this mysterious boy. He's apparently in college, but he's like hanging around here. She meets him at the bridge. The bridge is a really big part of this novel. Um, 
There's a lot of symbolism in this, but I'm not going to break it down because it would give away the story. We're going to do that more at the end. Once we go through uh, the third book, I'll kind of break some stuff down. Um, But he is and he's that typical boy like back then. um, The way we wrote characters was definitely like, I'm in love with you, but I'm going to pull back and be mysterious. But I still care for you. Like, it's not this like it's not the. the, oh, I'm going to be mean to you sort of deal. It's a I do this out of love sort of deal. And I'm like reading this and cringing. I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Like, this just reminds me of my teenage days and like how much we read these and wanted a boy like Caspian or a boy like whoever in the books during that time. Um, though the other boy that came to my mind is not a good boy, like is not my favorite character. But anyways, moving on. Um, so there, there's Caspian. There's a couple other characters. Of course, her parents are a big part of it. Um, there's a boy named Ben who is her, uh, oh, science fair partner that has a big part of it. And he's going to be even bigger part in the next book. Um, so pay attention to him if you read this. And then there's uh, two old caretakers at the Sleepy Sleepy Hollow Cemetery called Nicholas and uh, Katie. Um, and they play a very big part in this book as well. So pay attention to them. Um, really sweet characters that I love. They kind of remind you of your grandparents. Uh, so that's kind of the characters to watch out for. Um, the plot is very much just a love story. It is it is a teenage love story um, who's also a teenage grieving love story, I guess you want to call it, because she is grieving her best friend, but she's also falling in love and she's trying to survive high school. And it's very much just all these things um, shoved at her at once. And you can feel it in the way that Jessica wrote this. You can feel the tension. You can feel the confusion. You can feel how she might try to escape reality and come back and and try to hide stuff from her parents and and all the things, because it is a lot for a teenager to deal with. Um, I mean, I have lost a couple friends uh, when I was in high school. Well, me and Samantha were in high school. Our sophomore year, he he wasn't someone we were all close that me and her were close to. But we went to a very small school and we lost a classmate um, mid. Oh, my gosh. I think it was mid second semester. And it affected the whole school and just trying to figure out how to grieve in that moment. So thinking of like the the friends of his that uh, that had to grieve and and didn't do a very well job of it because some of them just kind of I feel like went off the deep end. One of them ended up passing when we were in like right after college sort of deal because of an accident and just all the things. It's just grief is not easy. Um, grief is not easy at any age, but definitely not as a teenager because your mind is just trying to figure out how it's not fully developed yet. We're not fully developed till we're 25 years old and trying to figure out what grief means at the age of like 14, 15 is not an easy task, whether they're a close friend or not a close friend. I had to go through grief multiple times throughout my life with my grandparents and I had friends and I had, um, uh, relatives and just I I I hate counting. It's more than how many fingers are on my hands of the funerals and the grief that I've had to go through of people that I've lost that are close to me or semi close to me uh, due to school or proximity. Um, so I can't. It, it's it's Jessica did a really good job of portraying the 
I think the way that, especially back in 2010, a teenager would react to all of this because she started falling in love. She starts falling in love with this boy. So it's kind of her escape um, to get away from the grief is to put her efforts into the boy. And that's not healthy. And her parents are seeing this and there's just all these different things. Pretty much the book ends with her finally saying, Dad, I need help. Um, I'm not going to tell you what leads up to that, but she finally says, I need help. I need to go to a therapist. I need to work on my mental health. And and that's where it ends. And that's where book two will pick up, if I remember correctly. So that's kind of very vague, the plot and my thoughts on like how she wrote that part. Now, my likes and dislikes of the book. I honestly like the majority of this book. I Like I said, I love the language she uses. I love how she draws it in. Um, it is very 2010s, and that's just what I'm used to reading when I was that age. So it was easy for me to read. It was easy for me to, like, pull back into the story. But the one thing, the one thing that I dislike about this book, and it's only because I read this before I read Twilight. But there's very much an, an oh, oh, Samantha, if you're listening to this, you're going to laugh. Um, cause I know she's listening to this. Um, it, it very much reminds me of the second book of the Twilight saga, which is, uh, uh, you know what? I don't remember the name of the second Twilight book. Um, new moon, I think. Yeah. New moon. Sorry. I got rid of those books. Um, and if I haven't ranted about them on this podcast before, here's my rant now. So in new moon, if you've not read it, Edward leaves her. And she loses all will to live. Like, she is a shell of herself. She um, pouts and whines and acts like she can't survive without Edward. Now, Abby doesn't do exactly the same as as um, Bella, but she does very similar. Uh, there's a point where Caspian says, this isn't working. We shouldn't see each other because of certain reasons that I'll let you find out when you read the book. Um, and she just... She falls apart. She absolutely falls apart. She she kind of loses the will to live, not live, but loses the will to be an active member of society and just want to sit in her room and lay in her bed and put all her work into her perfumes and just kind of separate herself from the world. Now, she was already doing that because of the grief she was dealing with with Kristen, but it just it amplified it because she felt like she was in love with this boy, even though she only knew him for like two months and and um, thought she couldn't live without him and was heartbroken and all the things. And I'm like, oh, this is giving me such new moon vibes and I want to throw up like I was so angry. But thankfully, she pulled out of it a lot quicker than Bella does. And um not because Caspian, like, it, nothing because of Caspian, because she did it herself, which is not what Bella did. So we will, she's still better than, than New Moon. And if you guys like New Moon, I'm sorry, I just don't like it. Um, it, it makes me angry because I think it gives the message to girls that they can't survive without a boyfriend. And um, especially in this day and time, uh, that should not be the message we give to um, our girls you can survive without a man now should you now is it nice to have a companion yes I love my boyfriend um, he is a great 
companion and partner and someone to do life with, but I don't need him to survive. It's more of a we want each other. We want each other in our lives to to uh, to do life together. And, and that's really all. I don't complete him. He doesn't complete me. We're already com- we're already two completed people coming together and and doing life together. And that's what I feel like we really need to um, to uh, express to our kids, especially our females um, or even our boys who are on the more romantic uh the rosy rosy uh rosy glasses romantic side um of of the world uh and if you're religious like i am i am i am a professing protestant christian um you come from the fact that you are complete in christ you should be complete in christ and he or she should be complete in christ and you come together uh already whole because you're whole in christ so depending on what you come from but either way you should already be whole before you get into relationship because one person no one is ever going to be able to fill the holes um whether you believe in god or not uh you, it's just not possible we are humans we are flawed we will fail some the someone will always fail you no matter what so getting off my soapbox <laughs> that was what i just liked about the book that was the only thing i just liked about the book um I forgot it kind of left a cliffhanger for me. So when we when I got to the end, I'm like, dang it, I forgot it was a cliffhanger. Shoot, now I got to pick up the other book right away, um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, we love us readers, us bookworms, us book dragons. I really feel like I'm a book dragon, not a bookworm, um, because I hoard books. I have more books on my shelf that I need to read than I have read, probably. Um, actually, I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably more books on the shelf that I need to read than I have read, which... Yeah. So I'm a book dragon. I'm a hoarder. I'm a book hoarder. My poor boyfriend, he kind of looks at me. He's like, when we move in together, we're going to have to deal with all those books. I'm like, yep, they're not going anywhere. They're staying with me. And he just kind of, I, he's, I hope he will be okay with that. Uh, but anywho, <laughs> won't get into that detail. And if you're listening, honey, um, I will compromise i promise um, but anyways uh final evaluation of hollow i give it a 4.5 out of five stars the 0.5 is for that little dislike that i don't like um but i think it is a really good read from my college days i really suggest you reading it it is clean it is not spicy it is very much a teen, like I believe teenage books should not be spicy. If you have a college or adult age spice, that's fine. But teenagers, again, the brains are not developed enough to really understand all of that, like all of the romanticized. Like I look back in my early 20s to now and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's really true. Like scientifically true that your brains are not developed, fully developed yet to understand some of these things or to make rational decisions on some of these things. So I completely believe that anybody who is high school age should, at least high school age or younger, should have clean books to read. Um, and this is a great clean book to read. Um, and if you are looking for books with very little cussing and stuff, there might be like a couple like D, D words like damn. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Like, I don't really think there's any other cussing in it. So it's a pretty clean book uh, to check out. So, yeah, 4.5 out of 5. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that is The Hollow. Uh, next week, we will get into The Haunted. Um, I actually need to start writing it because 
I am recording this a week in advance. So I have two weeks, two-ish, like a week and a half that I need to get the haunted done. And it's about the same size. The hollow is about 500 and some pages. Uh, the, the hollow is about 500 and some pages. The haunted is about 496. So they're about the same size. And the hidden is significantly smaller, which I found interesting. So we will go over the um, haunted next week. I'll give you some updates on my fantasy or if anything else comes up. Um, and yeah, so to wrap up, make sure to go check uh, my social medias out. I have a uh, Facebook and it's uh, by Ashley Danny. Um, I have uh, Instagram and Twitter, both handles at by Ashley Danny, D-A-N-N-I-E. And then also, if you are readers and use Goodreads uh, to rate your books and keep track of things, uh, you can definitely find me on there as well. Um, my handle for that, which is probably something I should have looked up beforehand, but I have no idea. Account settings. Do, 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 do. Account. I think you can find me at Ashley Danny. If you just put in Ashley Danny in there, I should come up and my, my podcast logo is my, um, profile page and I'll try to put a link in the uh, show notes below. So all the links are below. I'll put a link to the book. Um, I'll try to find it on like Amazon or um, Barnes and Noble or something and put a link for the book as well if you want to read it. Uh, yeah, I think that is it. So family, thank you so much for coming by. I've missed you. I'm excited for the next two months. Uh, let's open a book and uh, read together. I will see you next week. Bye.